And welcome back to Catholics Coast to Coast. Happy Labor Day weekend. I am H. McKay, your host, ready to dive into the conversations always happening at Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. And remember, you can always subscribe and take those with you wherever you go, especially when you're traveling on long holiday weekends and, of course, the end to the summer. But doesn't mean that we can't prepare ourselves in our faith, especially if you or someone in your home is an athlete. This week on The Fierce athlete. We're talking about confidence. We know that it's something that every athlete needs in order to be able to play at the top of their game. But what do you do when there's a struggle? On today's conversation, former Notre Dame and seven-time professional soccer player Brittany Bach, she actually joins the conversation to talk about her journey with confidence, as well as continuing in talking about injuries, comparison, and also overcoming failure in the ultimate conversation of true confidence in trust. So let's dive in. It is Fierce Athlete on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. We are female athletes being raw and real about the joys and struggles of life, both on and off the field. We share how faith can both heal our wounds and reveal true beauty. Play fierce. Pray fierce. Live fierce. Welcome, everyone, back to the Fierce Athlete Podcast. This is Sam Kelly. And I am just super excited to be back with you on our topic-based series that we have been doing through season two. And this week, we're going to talk about confidence. Um, I think it's something that all of us as athletes deal with, struggle with, wish that we were better at. And so um, just in talking to the dear friend that I have joining us today about, you know, what do athletes need? What do they need to hear more of? Um, we both just realized that confidence was just super important. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce our, our guest for today. Our guest um, is Brittany Bach. Now, uh, Brittany played soccer. So girl after my own heart, played soccer at the University of Notre Dame. Actually, we played against each other, which is super fun. Um, it's just really fun in life to see when, you know, you cross somebody's path years before, didn't know who each other were. Um, and then years later, you connect and just think about, wow, you know, I saw you, I interacted with you. Except at that point in my career, I think I was still injured and she was like stud of the Notre Dame soccer team. But I remember my, my coach scouting her, talking about her. Uh, I remember just the, the force that she was on the field and how fun it was to watch her play. Um, but yeah, so, so Britt played soccer at the University of Notre Dame, which was a top program at the time. They were our biggest rival. Um, I think they beat us more than we beat them, but they went on to um, two national finals and I think one uh, semifinal within Brittany's career. Um, thereafter, she actually went on to play pro soccer uh, within the U.S. for seven years, which is just incredible. Um, won a championship with her pro team uh, and now is working in Denver, Colorado, and uh, just a, a fun, fun individual. Um, we, it's super funny. I'd, I'd heard about her for years, and then through mutual friends, we got to connect um, a couple years ago, but then really recently, um, just through the work with Fierce, um, I've just learned a lot from Britt and her experience. So Britt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. It's so funny going back through those college years and just like how much we interacted but didn't interact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably didn't know who I was 
I mean, if we were on the field at the same time, I was like the awkwardly tall soccer player, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just fun. You know, it's fun to see and fun to, you know, work through like, you know, mutual friends and, and teammates and things like that. And um, yeah, just to see through God's providence, you know, years later uh, where he's brought us. So it's just really fun. Yeah. Um, well, Britt, you know, we have, it's really interesting. I said this kind of in the intro, but you know, it was after we've been connecting, I was like, I have to have you on the podcast. And we really both stepped away and and thought about what was, what was one of those pertinent things that we both thought that athletes needed, you know, what, um, do they struggle with? What do they need to hear more on? And, um, this theme of confidence arose. So what I'd love to do to start, um, maybe before we even get to, you know, what confidence is and how we can live it out and some best practices that, that you and I have learned. I'd love to just hear more about your story. Obviously I gave you, you know, the overall bio, uh, the written bio of success, but you are, you are so much more than, than that and what you've done on the field. And I would just love to hear your journey, but maybe through the lens of confidence, um, how that has, has played into, your career, obviously, as as one of the the best soccer players in the country, um, and how that helped you get there, but also how it's it's helped you just become the woman that you, the woman that you are, um, the the Catholic woman that you are. Um, if you're just speaking to that, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, soccer is such a huge part of my life, and it's been such a gift. And when I was I think it was five years old. I started playing little co-ed and, and played a lot of other sports and loved to just compete. Like I am a competitor at heart. I just want to go play (laughs) anything that I can and be the best that I can. And so I got on a team when I was eight years old and it was just a really good community of just the joy that was in for the love of the game. My coach was from Brazil and Joga Bonito and like the beautiful mm-hmm. game for the love of the game. And so that really is where this love for soccer started in the environment. And I just went out and I trained and I played and I had a soccer ball at my feet all the time. I wore soccer shorts and I just, I dressed the part. I, I dreamed about it. I uh, would wake up, I'd go play in the backyard. And so all of these things, you know, when you're younger and it's the only thing you know, I just went out and worked. And I didn't have to have anyone telling me to go do it. I just did it because I loved it. And so that built in, you know, into my career uh, playing in, in high school um, through club soccer. And I, got, I started playing for the youth national teams at 14 years old. And so there was this belief and this confidence in myself but ultimately I was always you know I I can do better I want to do better and I want to be better and so I would go out and do the work and I'd have a good attitude and I mean a good attitude in the sense of like oh if I fail like I'm going to get back out there and do that and Mm -hmm. so all of these things that I don't even realize when I'm younger that I'm building upon and just doing the things I need to do you know what people what coaches what people had told me and enjoying the game and so would go on and you know like playing in college and and playing uh seven years pro and I even played my my rookie season of the pros I was with the with the women's national team for an entire year and so you look at that 
and you look back it's something about going back and remembering it's like man what how did i what did i do to get there and so the thing that that drove me was the love of the game mm-hmm. and wanting to be the best and and to be the best version of myself and i love to compete um and somewhere along the way uh i had gotten a lot of injuries and so i played hard like you kind of said like i was just i was a fierce athlete like i was just intense they call me the tasmanian devil the the <laughs> uh, the enforcer like i just went out and played and along the way like my strength was always my strength and so along the way i had battled through some injuries and some surgeries and my confidence and it's crazy to look back at this but like where my confidence started to fall and what i started to place my identity in but i mean getting to the level that i did playing with the national team like training with them for an entire year like wow when you look back i'm like wow like that was a lot and so where i'm at now you know it it's it's such a gift to be able to we you know we met through my roommates like you got to meet this girl. Like you guys, I just think would hit it off. And it's so cool how it comes full circle and what, what sport can do and what the community of like, just being an athlete, this athletic woman, how much of us in the U S in the world have this bond through athletics. And so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool to see where I succeeded in being confident and growing in that and then where I started to fall and then going back to what I know when I need to build that confidence back up. Yeah, my gosh. Well, I'd love to, I want to, I have so many follow-up questions about your story and how you built it back up and things like that. But, but to start, um, how would, Britt, how would you describe confidence, right? It's this, I think it can kind of be a little bit of an ambiguous term. We all have our definition, but um, I know you and I have kind of talked through our own definitions and, and what that word means, but how would you define confidence? I, you know, you always think confidence, you, you believe in yourself, right? That's what people, you know, I think you believe in yourself and that you can do it, you know? And I, for me, like if you have confidence in a person, you have confidence in someone else. It's like, I looked up that definition before and it's that trust that, firm trust and belief. And so to me, it's so interesting to look back and see where if I do place my confidence in myself, sometimes and where I fall and where I fail, if we attach it to that, sometimes where it can fall. But actually, when you think about confidence, it's, it's a firm trust and belief. And so you go back to the root, you go back to the truth. And to me, the more that I've like really thought on this word and like pondered on this. It's like, I have confidence in self can bring me so far, but having that deeper confidence, that confidence in Christ, confidence in truth and where that can ultimately lead me and guide me. Mm, Amen. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. And we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, so many people in our world today are, are looking for confidence, right? I mean, how many self-help books are there out there? Um, you know, self-realization books. Um, 
And I, you know, I think it speaks to a real problem that exists um, in our own hearts and in our society of, yeah, just a lack of confidence, of a negativity, of um, a shame, of, you know, insecurities we have as, as individuals, and especially as women, you know, it's, it's something that we all struggle with. Um, and there is a, a real hunger and desire within our hearts to be more confident, to hold our heads higher, to be able to accomplish things almost, um, yeah, just to be able to, to succeed. But, you know, it, it, it just points what you said, like it only brings us so far, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, there is, there is, instead of just relying on ourselves and we are broken and we are fallen. And, and that's part of that realization too, realizing that, but we actually can rely on truth itself. We can rely on, on somebody who will never fail us on somebody who always believes in us on somebody who, um, loves us just for who we are, not for whether we are, um, you know, the best soccer player, you know, that's ever existed or, you know, and I want to say just, but you know, somebody Mm -hmm. who, um, is just getting up every day and, and working hard, you know, we all have different gifts and talents, but, um, maybe you can speak into that. And, you know, as you know, you said a little bit earlier, you said, you know, you went through this phase and I get it. I mean, I've had seven injuries, seven surgeries myself, and mm-hmm. I think you've, you've beaten me at 11, but, uh, 13 you know, now. 13. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, but you know, you said, you know, when you started to get injured, you know, um, your, your confidence started to, to be shaken a little bit. And if you could just speak into, was it through that, that you kind of came to this realization of, you know, I have to have confidence in, in Christ versus, you know, through that almost comes the confidence in self or, um, did that help get you through? Like, what, what did that look like in your life? And, and yeah, and then from that, you know, what advice would you offer people in similar situations out there, whether they're injured, whether their season due to our current circumstances has been canceled um, or changed, whether they're not getting the playing time they thought or whether they are on the top of the world right now. Um, how does that fit into to who they are and to how they can really achieve this confidence? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so much. Yeah, that was a long-winded question. No, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, there's so much to unpack with this topic. It's sometimes I'm like, man, where do I even start? And mm-hmm. so, again, we just in the world, in society, there are there's messages, there's things telling us how we should look, how we should be, all of this, and you've got your athlete idols, you know, your whatever idol or person that you look up to and you start to see what are they doing? And in doing that, instead of always just like keeping your, you know, you're driven, you're staying in your lane, you're going out and working, you start to compare. You start to compare yourself to your teammates. What are they doing better than me? Like, where am I not as good as them? Where do I look compared to them? How do I look? And so comparison is one where when you start to focus on 
all the things that you're not, all the things that they're doing, quote unquote, if you say better than you, um, that can really start to speak lies into your head. Mm-hmm. And so comparison is the thief of joy. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have heard that. And I, you know, I hear that, I say that, but there are so many times when I'd be playing and I was so confident because, and this is where my confidence, where I was, where I was building it. And there's so much also truth to this. When you are performing well, you're confident because you're, you've put in the practice, you've put in the work, you've put in you know, how, how you've come out of certain situations and, and how you've come through that. And so you build upon the past and it's good to look back, but it's not good to dwell on that mm-hmm. because when you do and all you start to look all that you're without versus like all that you have. Mm-hmm. And so for one comparison, either to your past self, oh, I used to be this way. And this is where I actually fell into after I stopped playing soccer I started to compare myself, my body, my abilities. I mean, I went through 13 surgeries, several broken ribs, concussions, and the trauma that came from that in the sport. Like, I am not the same athlete that I was when I was in my prime. And so if I compare myself to that past self, well, then I look at everything where I'm, where I'm not doing, I'm failing. And as athletes having that high expectation <laughs> for ourselves, then it's like, I need to be better. Or then you, you look at someone else. And so oftentimes when I look at like the idea of confidence, um, and if I fall into the trap of those negative thoughts of the comparison, um, it can, it can be very detrimental. And so for me, when I was playing, it just, especially when I was younger, it kind of just happened because I, I loved the game. I was confident in my abilities. And when I say confident in my abilities is I played to my strengths. So one of the things that I love to talk to athletes, soccer players, really anyone is when you're, when you're building upon something. When I was eight years old, I learned this was you know, we all know, like work on your left foot, on your weaknesses, on work on some of that stuff and make it better. And there's, that's how you build confidence and in, in being better at your left foot. But my coach Hudson, when I was younger, you know, be great, be good, be great at a lot of things, but be the best at one thing. Mm. And so for me, that was heading. That was, <laughs> I was so strong in the tackle. It was just this instinct. Like I, I'm five, seven. I'm not that tall. People thought I was taller probably, but I was so good in the air and I say this in confidence, not in cockiness, but I was one of the best in the world at heading winning balls in the air. And so to me, that was my strength and I could build confidence in that because I could control. And so ultimately, and I know I'm like jumping into a lot, but when you look at this idea of confidence is when really it boils down to this, what are the things you can control and what are the things you cannot? So oftentimes when I speak to athletes or teams, you know, what are the things you can control? Well, my work ethic, my attitude, how I respond to other people. What can I not control? (laughs) 
what other people say, what other people think, how other people are training. So I can take ownership of what I can control and put in the work. But I can't control these other things. Injury, your season getting canceled because of Corona. Like you can't control those things. So for me, looking at this idea of confidence, which I have had a battle with, like we go up and down. And it's, it's when I realize, like, if I put everything on myself, like I said, we have to take ownership. We have to do the things that we know that got us to performing, to, you know, whatever it is. But you go out and practice. You can't expect to be good at a sport or at soccer and not go out and put in the work every single day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that goes to the same for, but, and you know, um, Man, but but ultimately, there's. I mean, I'll, I'll let you kind of speak on some of that because. But I have so much more I want to unpack. Um, mm. Just about knowing like your true true identity, not as an athlete, um, but as who you are and whose you are, mm. because that to me is where I basically had to restart. I went from being like the top of the top to feeling very, I, I, I lost a lot of confidence and confidence is a choice. So confidence is something that you can build up. But like when I put my mind and I didn't do the things that I knew got me to that is where I started to fall. And so, but we can build that back up when we can know, go back and put in the work and trust that <laughs> ultimately it's, it's not this, it's not ourselves that's going to, you know, our confidence. We put in the work, but it's ultimately Christ, our creator, and knowing who we are and whose we are and, and who we were created to be. And we can find confidence in that. No, absolutely. And I, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it changes everything. It ultimately does, you know, because you know, you spoke into this, this idea of comparison, for example, you know, comparing to your past self, comparing to others. And, and at the end of the day, that's a lack of acceptance of who God has created you to be and where he has you right now. Um, now there's wiggle room there. If you've not been, like you said, putting in the preparation and uh, if you've just been like sitting on your butt and you expect to go out and play well, like that's not going to happen. Right. But we're almost like we cooperate with his grace and cooperate with the gifts that he's given us. Um, you know, so if, and I struggled with this too. I mean, I went through what they said was a career ending injury. I mean, I'm stubborn. And so um, I had three surgeries on my knee and battled back, but it took a fourth surgery almost three years later to finally, feel like I could play soccer again. Um, but, you know, it, it only just struck me when you were talking, which is funny. Um, we're constantly learning more about ourselves and the layers of our own stories and God's hand in it. But, you know, like I, I'm six feet tall, so I was also incredible in the air. But what I relied on was just my, my athleticism. Like I was fast and I was tall and I was a force. And after I hurt my knee, I wasn't as fast. And I, you know, so relying on my athleticism, like I had to almost relearn the game and, you know, my coach changed my position from center back to center forward, relearn um, a position, relearn my strengths. 
And that led to a lot of frustration. And I think, like you just said, like I, I always compared myself to, well, I didn't used to be like this. I could move quicker. I could do these things, but it was when I came to, okay, this is my role. These are my gifts. You know, like I'm now I'm a target forward. I'm six feet tall. I can receive the ball. I can hold the ball. I have great vision. I can distribute the ball and then I can get in for a header, you know, soccer jargon, those who know those terms, but it's spoken to my strengths. And yeah, I could look around and say, wow, that person has really good foot skills or, and, and I did struggle with that comparison. But the reason I'm saying this is, is like you said, playing to your strengths, it speaks into this theme of when we truly realize our, our identity is as daughters of God, right? Um, people can look at that and I could say, okay, God would have loved me the same, whether I came back from my injury and quit the game, decided it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore, or whether I went and continued to play, right? And and that's something I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, okay, if you've been injured, you know, you shouldn't step away. Um, that's a personal discernment. And, you know, obviously like whatever's best for your body, for your long-term health. But for me, you know, there's this once, it's like people, I think they can sometimes use this this concept of being, a daughter of God almost as like a crutch. And, and I, that sounds terrible, but let me explain it. If it's like, I'm a daughter of God, it doesn't matter what I do. He loves me the same. That's almost the wrong take on it. And I think Britt, like you have a really good understanding of this and I'd love you to speak into it. But if I realize like what I've been given and, and ultimately that means like, I am a daughter of God. I have been given the gift of my life, the incredible athletic talents that I have. Um, all these other talents, like I'm so much more than just my athletic talents. I've been given so much, all this opportunity. And ultimately I've been given the gift of salvation, like by accepting this faith and its promise of eternity. Shouldn't I then turn around and honor God to the greatest ability because of the gift I've been given? It's like, if, if we're given a gift, it's, it's not like we want to just like, oh, thanks for this gift. Like, let's put it aside. It's like, I want to use that to show that I'm, I'm grateful. And so whatever manner of life we're in, like you said, playing to your strengths, if you grew up as the best, one of the best players in the air, in the world, then you better go out and dominate the air and play into that. Right. But that speaks into all areas of our lives, like realizing the gifts we've been given, I think speaks into this confidence because it's a confidence of like who God's blessed us to be. And not using those things in a, a way that's prideful and flaunting, but a way that that almost like points towards him. And in a way that accepts, I'm me and I am a target forward. And, you know, Gabby is a incredible, you know, she's got incredible foot skills and we're both needed on this team. And that speaks into the greater theme of like, it's a greater analogy for just the body of Christ and the world. Mm-hmm. Like now I you know, have been given these gifts to run this nonprofit and God wants me to do that. And if I went and said, oh, I wish that I was better at, like, I'm not very organized. If I was better at organization, then maybe I'd be a better leader for fear. So it's like, well, no, God chose you. And maybe you need to bring somebody alongside you to like help you in that area. So I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I think to sum up, like our confidence has to come from, yes, we are a daughter of God, but we've been given the gifts we've been given to use in order to glorify him um, and combat mm-hmm. that comparison. When I had, 
I was out playing. This is after my career, after I stopped playing, ultimately having to step away because of injury. And it was really hard for me because it basically was just like my body, I can't do what I want it to do. And my strength was my strength. I mean, we're very similar in a lot of ways and, and like going through injuries and going through like where I could control my strength. Right. And I could, I could do the gifts that I was given. I went out and worked and, and made them to be the best that I could be from what I was given. And so, but it's crazy to me because this was after the fact, after I stopped playing and I was just kicking around, shooting, doing some training, helping this guy who he was training to play overseas. And so afterwards, and I was getting frustrated. I mean, I hadn't touched a ball in like a year or two. And so I get back out and I'm kicking around. And after the, the session, he's like, Britt, like, what, what's going on? He goes, you, he goes, I, I've seen you play. I've seen the way you carry yourself. I've seen the way he's like, you're a beast. Like you, like you in playing is incredible because it amazes me though like for where you are and like how much your faith is a part of your life which that whole story and how I grew into where I am now um I mean if we had more time I you know I'd go through it but he's just like you should be the most confident and to me, I'm like, if I'm comparing in myself and my confidence and my abilities, he goes, you should be the most confident because you, you believe in Christ. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's where you find your confidence. Yeah. And that like kind of struck me because I'm mm. like, man, who am I playing for? Like if I am playing for myself and I'm worried about what other people are you know, doing or I'm comparing myself to my past self, if I am focusing on that, which we can get pulled into, um, these lies, then, then I am going to be operating in my strength. And so this is something that I've really gone through and I actually just posted about it the other day. Gaining more confidence on and off the field. Thanks to our friends at Fierce Athlete. If you want to hear the entire conversation, make sure you check it out at our podcast central section, go to EWTN.com slash radio so you don't miss out on this or future episodes. You can catch up on what you've missed as well while you're there. And we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to check in with Honest to God, who's talking about courtship. We know that uh, when it comes to finding that special person, the one to say I do, there's a lot of ways to be looking at it through a Catholic lens. So we're going to do that coming up with Honest to God. I'm H1K, your host for this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN Radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. All 
right, everybody. Hello and welcome. Super pumped to be here today. You're listening to Honest to God on AM 1160 The Quest, Atlanta's Catholic Radio. We got a good crew. We've done a couple episodes that got into some dating stuff, but I really, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's worth hearing. I think people really enjoy it. I would love to hear sort of y'all's stories about how you met each other and what that looks like. Because, I mean, or even if we use the word dating, like dating versus courting, there's so much that goes into this that I think is really interesting and intriguing. And I, I talk to and work with a lot of college-aged and young adult people who, the horror stories I hear about dating now compared to even 10 or 15 years ago. I mean, I've been married to my wife for, Ben, when did I, how long have I been married? A number of years. I say, 12. <laughs> I just had my 12th anniversary last April. Yes, mm-hmm. April 30th. So, uh, and, but the things that I hear now are so alien. So I would love to dig into that. Uh, who wants to, who wants to kick us off? I'm, I'd love to hear just your, here's how we met story. Aaron, all day, I can tell. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm wearing the Crocs. Yeah, so, man. uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, had a Spanish class together at Franciscan University, and we kind of sat near each other. Uh, didn't really talk, but I remember seeing her when she walked in. I was like, wow, that's a sight to behold right there. Did you say it in Spanish? Uh, I said, muy bien, that's about the extent of my knowledge. So, um, yeah, so we just had class for a few weeks. I, you know, we didn't really talk much. Um... And then we, I saw her in the gym, and I was like, that's like the girl from Spanish class. And I didn't say anything again, because, you know, we're working out, you know. The gym by the racquetball the courts? Yes. That's the good one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you play, sorry, I played racquetball every single day when I was at Franciscan. <laughs> I love those racquetball courts. All right, keep that's going. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so then, one day, so, it just, we can cut this part out. This part's. Well, but, I'll just say, like. Sure, yeah. So every day after that class, I would always go down to the JC, mm-hmm. which is like a little bit of a walk. And that, that one specific day, I was like, I'm just going to sit on this random bench outside of Cosmos and Damien building. Right. And so I sit down, and then I look up, and there are Crocs approaching me. <laughs> Whoa, the same These Crocs are here right now. Yeah. He was so very confident in those Crocs. You just... Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't ignore it. Crocs so. do that to a guy. They yep. just make you exude confidence and just rug, rugged virility. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so he was very sweet and, you know, slyly got my phone number. And mm-hmm. I think we did like a... Well, no, no, you skipped over the best part. He just walks up and he's like, give me your phone number. Come on, it was cooler than that. Oh, yeah, it was. I can't oh, let me tell you what. the conversation, Well, though. here, first and foremost, I walked up, did a backflip. I was like, look what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> she was In the smitten. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, four-wheel drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I walked up to her and I really it was... We just started talking. It was a natural conversation. You never like, talked hey. before? No. It's like, no. sup, girl? Yeah. <laughs> Me and my Crocs <laughs> yeah. think you're interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you say? Check yes or no. <laughs> Thanks, George Strait. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, I uh, just started talking. I was like, hey, what's your name? Um, and there was a water balloon fight, I believe. I think this was the... Like the next day. Yeah, it was happening the next day, and I was like, this might be a, a cool thing for us to do. And so I was like, hey, my buddies and I are going to a water balloon fight. How about you join our team? Cool. Hey, yeah. Smooth. Yeah, right. I love yeah. it. So I got her number. We, uh... I was the went, only girl on that team. She was. Yeah. She was. How'd you do? Did y'all win we the water did balloon fight? We did great. Uh, we lost, but... Okay. Hey. <laughs> right. It's all right. 
great. She did phenomenal, phenomenally, yeah. of course. Yeah, um, it, it was a bit of a show off. I was the last one on the team standing, and yeah. then I finished nice. off the other team. Yeah, nice. yeah it was humbling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so then I had her number, and I texted her. I think we, I just kept talking to you, you know, in Spanish class after that, after the, uh, you know, the door had been opened, mm -hmm. and I invited her to the, or I asked her out on a date to the Duquesne. No, no, no. That's not what happened. Okay. <laughs> Do tell. It was like a couple of days after the water balloon flight, we went over to the Overlook, and we talked for like four hours. Right. Oh, yeah. While the sun was setting, and we just kept talking, and it was so natural. Um, but in that conversation, you were flat out like, I'm just telling you now, I don't want a date. <laughs> Yeah, and that's I true. Just, I said, "Well, wait. Why did you approach her in your Crocs and get her phone number then? <laughs> exactly. Because I'm a, a man with two wolves inside of me. <laughs> Got you. One okay. wants a date and one that doesn't. <laughs> Got you. Okay. So I just said, "Well, hey, look, I do want a date. So I'm going to leave did that. You really? I did. I said I want a date. I'm going to leave it where it is. We can stay friends. And then I think it was like four days later, he was like, "I changed my mind." <laughs> the other wolf. I had discerned. Yeah. <laughs> I <had> discerned. <laughs> right. So yeah, I asked her so out, we went, went to the Duquesne Incline in okay. Pittsburgh, um, got yelled at by a dude for not wearing our masks. Oh, um, fun. Oh yeah, yeah, so when was this? What year was this? This was... This was September dates. of 2020. This was oh, wow, during right? COVID. Okay. This is when we both transferred in. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and we went to the top, overlooked the beautiful city, and shared a kiss. Ooh, if oh, I must my. say, oh yeah, my. very spicy. Yes. <laughs> it is spicy. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Um, that's fantastic. Okay, yeah. and so then how? And you dated for how long before you got engaged? So we dated, started in October fourth was actually the official date. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah, we dated for three months. We broke up. We broke up. Nice, then we got yes. back together. Two, three. Months. Four months later? Yeah, basically a whole semester went by when we were broken up, but in the same class, so that was really weird. Oh, you're still in Spanish class together? <laughs> no, we had no, math it was class math together class together, together. yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we dated for a while, then the next semester, it was two semesters after that, I believe, we broke up dealing with some, just, I, I wasn't ready to date, mm -hmm. and uh, I... I didn't know how to deal with it, so I... Had to just cut things off to figure out. What does that mean? You weren't ready to date. I know. I see, know. I, I equate it to when you're dating in the secular world yes, and you don't know how to date Christian, mm -hmm. and then you reconvert to your faith and sure. you're trying yeah. to date Christian. You don't understand how that quite works yet, so you're you're trying to figure that out. And so we we're just trying to. We're both re kind of reconvert. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was just trying to figure out like how do we best love each other? How do you? Well, what's the distinction? Uh, between what? between the the secular version and uh, the the Christian version, I think being I selfish and not being selfish. Yeah, okay. just trying to really serve one another rather than oneself, yeah. okay. and really just for me, it was trying to root out the selfishness and the uh, just. And I'm still still working on that. Yeah, That's going to sure. take a lifetime, but um, just be the type of man to be. Um, ready to enter into a relationship where marriage is a serious right uh, reality, mm -hmm. and so I just need to take that time, pray, figure things out, and uh, yeah, that acknowledgement that yeah. with all relationships, your only options are marriage or heartbreak, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that the fact that uh, 
I remember when dating my wife, and it's very similar, right? Very secular background, whatever, had this conversion, reversion, whatever you want to call it, and then uh, trying to do things the right way, but not having any idea how to do it because of the habits and mindsets that are just sort of like those barnacles of just secular modernity, emptiness, nothingness, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of ruining everything, and then having to like rediscover things that are the most basic stuff that like my four year old understands, (laughs) right? About like what love is, and I I don't know. So no, I totally get that. Yeah. I want to get I want to get into the engagement piece in a minute, but first I want to ask you guys the exact same question about like what's that what's that story look like? Because it's at University of Georgia, uh, and you're a convert, so I bet there's a, a good story behind it. <laughs> yeah, it's in that story. Um, I I six fact I cannot tell stories. I will go on <laughs> tangents and rabbit holes. I'm terrible at staying on track. Maybe it's like ADHD. Can Sierra tell stories? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna hand it off to her. I, I'm really good at you know cutting her off and. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, so the story actually starts at the University of North Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we both started out there. We transferred to UGA when right before our junior year. Okay. So we met a freshman year of college in Dahlonega, and we were just friends. I mean, hardly hardly friends even. We knew of each other. I barely knew you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I, the thing is, I don't remember her. That's kind of like the... Casanova. You remember me. <laughs> He had a girlfriend at the time, and so um, he, had, <laughs> he had. Um, we had a mutual friend. He had a class with one of my roommates. Okay. She liked me. That roommate. He Wait, liked. she did, or the, the, the roommate, roommate yeah. he claims. Um, I got a feeling that she likes you. <laughs> I thought he was cute, but then I did see. I was like, oh, he has a girlfriend. So forget that. And then, um, then he and his girlfriend. So we went through all of freshman year, basically just. Would see each other around because we knew who each other were. We'd mm-hmm. say hi. And, um, then summer started, and I was taking summer classes, and I posted. I got cheated on. Oh. I, I got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a severance with my ex-girlfriend. Yeah, right. So that relationship ended. Wait, I'm sorry. I just want to go through the levels that you did because it was it was kind of rough. You said you started. I got cheated on. Uh, there, I, I, I got broken up. With. There was a severance. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. How? All right, good. Yeah. So at the end of freshman year, he and his um, ex-girlfriend they broke up. There was a severance. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And so then I had. I had posted something on Instagram about taking summer classes, and Peter slid into my DMs. Okay. Yeah. And Sly. Very. It was super. one of those things where I'd kind of like stalked her for a few days. Sure. I was like, if she posts again, I am going to say something. I got to. <laughs> okay. But it'd be weird if you said something to something that was older, because then it looks like you're stalking. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Got you. Exactly. Okay, that's smart. I get yeah, it. So, yeah. So, um, he had very smoothly said, are you taking summer classes after I about obviously taking right. summer classes and um he then nice. he didn't even give me a chance to respond to that and he sent a second one said oh wait yeah obviously you are taking summer classes that was stupid and so i was just assuming like oh my goodness this guy who my friend had a class with he must be taking summer classes too right so i was like yeah are you taking summer classes had no clue what he was thinking and then um he eventually we started talking back and forth um And then we started FaceTiming. So this was over the summer, and he lived in Athens, Mm -hmm. which was like two hours away from where I lived. And Peter, are you a Presbyterian right now in this story? I I had recently, um, ever since I went to college, I... All my friends growing up were all Protestant, Mm -hmm. so I was pulled away from Presbyterianism, and I'm sure you know how the PCUSA is kind of leaning towards, and I kind of started being like, "Uh, I can't rock with this, and Mm -hmm. then kind of in this 
you know, area of not knowing exactly what I believed in because, you know, Protestantism, you had so many different, you know, groups and so many different denominations. Sure. Um, that, you know, so I didn't, I was not Presbyterian. I kind of like, was like, I'm going to stop going to Presbyterian okay. church and stuff. That's pretty the short answer. But you, there was no interest in Catholicism at this point. You're just, uh, you're just kind of. No, I would probably looking. say I was the complete opposite. Okay. I was the um, the going to hell kind of person. fundamentalist sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I kind of dig those. I mean, if you're gonna like like the, the fundamentalist like intense all ones. All out are, kind of yeah. Guy, yeah. You give me like a black Baptist church in South Georgia. Like I went to some of those because oh my gosh, they're mad. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail the story. No. Um, he had just uh, slid into your DMs. Now yes. the summer classes. Yes. And so then we started talking, um, and it slowly formed into we we're um, like FaceTiming mm-hmm. and talking on the phone every night. Um, and then that's cool though that you so you were actually talking on the phone you weren't just like texting yes, constantly exactly which that was really nice because I he we was, both worked during the day we both we did both work because I was teaching um, swim lessons all during the Fun. day yeah. and then he was working in plumbing and um, so we let me think then we um, planned for our first date and he drove down to see me which I thought was really sweet because I had I had never had a boyfriend before I had gone on dates with guys mm-hmm. in college and nothing I wasn't there the last guy who I had talked to he um he, wearing Crocs. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he had just um ended ended things which you can't really end things if you're just going out right. on dates so we had gone on a couple dates and he was like you just live kind of far um, and he lived closer to me than Peter did. And I thought it was so sweet that Peter was like, let's go on a date and I'm going to drive to you. Right. Like I'm going to come down to you. So I thought that was the sweetest thing. Um, so we ended up going to dinner in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all what, what movie? Aladdin. The new Aladdin. Live action. The live cool. action. It was a yeah. good one. Um, yeah. It's pretty solid. It's, it, it is one of the better live action Disney. Yes, sure. I agree. Yeah. It's probably um, like the most recent not woke Disney movie, honestly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, and then... We started going out on dates all summer and um, between like Athens and like where I'm from. And then I um, when so this was beginning of sophomore year now, mm-hmm. I studied abroad. Okay. And so I had had this planned out for a while and we had officially been dating for like a month at this point mm-hmm. and I was going to be gone for four months. And so I told I remember telling my mom, like, this will either make us or break us. Like, I don't know. We'll see if I mm-hmm. make it through this. Um, and then we did make it through. We would talk on the phone and um, we'd set up little dates where we'd um, buy food and like cook food together right. when mm-hmm. we were. And what were your, I, and I, I keep coming back to this yeah. because I think, I, think it's, I think it's worth digging into. You, I assume that you were, you were Catholic at this time, yeah. serious about it, right? Mm-hmm. And he was not, but you were Christian and you were like cared about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you start having those conversations? Right. In the summer. In the summer when we had first started like talking and mm-hmm. then dating, we had um, talked about that because it was something that was important to me. For some reason, I was in a place where I was like, I'm fine with not dating a guy who's Catholic. I think I had um, gotten kind of discouraged by the Catholic guys who I had met in college. Sure. And um, why was, was that? Like, were they just not actually Catholic guys or were they just there's like... the two different spectrums where it's like they're not actually Catholic or right. they're. You know, maybe yeah. you know the vibe. <laughs> no, no, I'm not making you say it. I know exactly what you're saying. What do you mean? Sure. I mean, I'm not, not even those. The majority of them just weren't um, cute. I guess you'd say. Yeah, <laughs> None of them were as good looking as Peter. 
No, what you're saying, but I, and tell me if I'm taking this out of context, mm-hmm. but I, I think what you're saying is they were, they were either like Catholic culturally without actually being invested or they were taken some weird extremist like super judgmentally form yes. of catholicism where and there is that that strain right that that exists and i've ranted about it a few times i think it's yeah. it's super off putting the uh Catholic gatekeeping that we tend to do. And I say that as somebody who considers myself pretty right of right of right traditionalist yeah. in regards to most things. Um, the big mantra that I throw out all the time is that, that I remember a point, I think it has to do with maturity a lot, where I realized, oh, liturgical preference doesn't equal orthodoxy, right? It doesn't mean that you're a terrible person because you don't prefer to worship the way that I do. It can still be correct, yeah. even if it's not really my thing. And that's okay. Exactly. So, exactly. Sorry, I just wanted to. I no, think that was, that's exactly that was worth it. saying out loud because it is super off putting. I think. Yes, yeah. it can be. And so there were some very sweet guys that were like, you know, at the Catholic Center there, but it, I just didn't really vibe with that group. Yeah. And so um, I was like in this like mindset where I was just like, you know, I don't really care if he's Catholic or not, as long as he respects that I'm yeah. Catholic and um, and respects my boundaries and everything. And so then, um, well, my we I think the the answer to the question would be my soapbox is that. So I started talking to her about, you know, all the different things that she believed in. And from the get-go, she kind of, you know, was like, this is what, you know, I believe. And this is what's going to happen if we date. Like, you know, we're no sex till marriage. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I can wait. And then, you know, with that Protestant mindset, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, eventually, you know, when we get a little connected right. before marriage, maybe. Maybe and that's then, a secular mindset. Or secular. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You're right. And then, um, and then, then she's like, no, like, not at all. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, a, you know. Admirable. I can. And how early were you having those conversations? Like, we had had that before we dated. Great. Before we had Good. officially That's the dated. Right answer. Mm-hmm. It's just so nice yeah. to get out of the way. Yes. And, um, Let's not waste our time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm just gonna. I remember being so nervous, but then just something telling me, obviously the Holy Spirit, being like, you know, just tell him how you feel and be blunt about it. And I'm yes. not a blunt person. Like I will sugarcoat everything. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I was just like, this is what I believe. I even went into like contraception Good. and everything I love about that. that. Yeah, that's great. And I remember sitting. I remember sitting in my um, parents' driveway and you're about to leave and I remember just telling you all this stuff and you were just like, okay, yeah. And I was like, oh, he took that really well. All right. Like, Did you actually take it well or was it just, <laughs> there was a pretty girl that you liked who was saying it to you? <laughs> I'd say both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I definitely didn't leave that conversation thinking, you know, I'm about to you know, like dip, you know, I'm not going right. to do this. It was the opposite. I, it was, I think, that and then um the more i hung out with her family and i don't know if y'all have met um dan and chris but they are great catholics and they're just my parents parents, oh yeah yeah Yeah, they um it's just they're the type of people that you know you want to get some people into catholicism you know show them them like they're great people right and so it was really um good to watch especially when i was in that kind of you know um what's that word i don't know the word mystagogia is not the right word but um just to area where I just didn't know what I was believing in and yeah. then seeing that seeing them be you know great leaders and then how they raised Sierra and then Sierra being the same it was super like attractive to want to become Catholic Peter somehow your parents had nine children even though they were pressure- I know, okay, I'm sorry that's just it's crazy to me and now you're dating this girl who's talking you're sitting in their uh, um, their driveway while she's just discussing all the church's moral teachings on everything <laughs> which is great starter conversation and I mean that like Actually, like those are the kinds of things you need to say early in a relationship, I think. Um, and just, I don't know, where, where'd you go from there? Because you, you you sit before us a member of the Catholic Church, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
not exactly sure where to start. I mean, it's just, uh, like you said, talking to Sierra, meeting her family. Um, when she went to study abroad, I kind of, you know, gained some interest, you know, uh, rented books from the library, cool. reading more about it. Um, started going to mass with started, some of my friends. Yep, cool. that was good. I think that was, I remember that was kind of the, you know, the tick and the turn. It was that I went to mass and I saw how beautiful the mass was. And yeah. I, in the Presbyterian church, they like to the one I grew up in, they have this format where they're, you know, you can choose to be very progressive with your worship mm-hmm. and you can also choose to be um, the same Presbyterian. You humble. see the signs, the contemporary and traditional yeah, service sure, yeah. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I came from one where it was very, it was, I, when I look back at it, it is literally the mass as Protestant as it can be, sure. you know, where words are changed around, but the format is the exact right. same, you know? And so then I was like, wow, this is exactly how, church should be because i have a, a portion of my family who are actually excuse me i said they're presbyterian my mom was presbyterian my grandfather was a presbyterian minister oh, and wow. i'm the only one in my family who is presbyterian okay. everyone else is southern baptist and then cool. they left their southern baptist church where my dad went it's kind of like a split kind of okay. thing right um but now they all go to you know, kind of like a pseudo mega church like kind a non-denom of. kind of deal yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, so then I was like, I knew I don't like that. Well, when it comes to courtship, it is never easy. And so as Catholics, we need that Catholic lens to help us before we say I do. So if you want to hear the full conversation, Honest to God, always available at Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. Go ahead, check it out, subscribe, follow. That way you don't miss future episodes. And also, as we get set to wrap things up this week, if you got a chance to head to Mass, we're going to dive into this week's Word on the word. We've all been reprimanded or embarrassed at some point in life, but imagine the son of man looking at you and saying, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me for you are not on the side of God, but of men. I would be so mortified both for what I'd said and for what was to come. But haven't we all had moments in life where we're so focused on being right or having something done our way that we let the devil get in the details unintentionally? When you are in a position of doubting the plan that God has laid out for you, you have to remember what the Lord said next. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You see, it's not about what we want. We don't have to have the best of every material item, but we should be giving the best of ourselves to those around us at all times. And that's not easy. I mean, I fail at it all the time. Me too. That's why this week we challenge you to try to notice when the devil gets in the details and pray the prayer to St. Michael. Remember to trust in God's plan, even when it's hard. And we'll see you here next week. Bye. Bye. Another great insight into this week's passage. Take that with you and help it to deepen your Catholic faith. I'm Ace Wicke. Going to wrap things up and get set for an additional day off as we enjoy a three-day weekend. Have a great one as we wind down the summer. Always remember Podcast Central available for you as you continue to connect with God. Let Him be who defines who you are this week. And I'll see you next week with Catholics Coast to Coast.